but I was in over 20 drunken car accidents over the course of my drinking career, including one where I drove into a house. So there's a reason I don't drink. I'm the real deal. I almost died hundreds of times. If you don't know how to get there, ask for help. Asking for help is a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness. Excess is always the problem. Facebook's not the problem. The president's not the problem. The problem is excess. We're focusing on the wrong shit for too long. Are you feeling stuck, lost, tired, or uninspired? We've all been there, including myself. I'm Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. I'm here to tell you that the best, unapologetic, and limitless version of yourself is yet to come. The Born Unbreakable podcast is here to inspire just that. With motivating guests from all different walks of life and around the world, their stories will empower you to unlock abundance and your unbreakable spirit. Do you need accountability? Reach out to me for a free consultation of how I can support you in reaching your maximum potential. Hey everyone, it is Coach Des here, host of the Born Unbreakable podcast, and I am launching Born a Boss Babe 90-Day Transformational Program starting in August. And I'm looking for 18 to 24-year-old young, confident women who are ready to step up and excel in life. What is the biggest difference of somebody like an Oprah or a LeBron James? It's having that mentorship and coaching. So if you're ready to supercharge your life, hit me up, des at bornunbreakable.com for more details. (gasps) Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I'm your host, Coach Des. And I have a special guest with me today who's up bright and early and is actually up really early. What time do you normally wake up, Dennis? Uh, well, uh, I get I wake up early between like four and five. It depends. But, you know, remember, there's a difference between waking up and getting up. Those are two different things. So, yeah, I, I'm always up early. That's I go to true. bed early. I get up early. It's a process. Yeah. You get up. You, you wake up and then you do the process of getting up. Well, I'm excited to have Dennis Barry on the show today. He's a life mastery coach. He's been doing amazing work worldwide for over 15 years and has an incredible story to share about addiction, recovery, and he helps so many people. And I was just so enthusiastic about having him on the show because of the message, the story, the impact that he's going to have. But I I I wanted to mention, because we'll get into it, I love this, is that he has a best-selling book called Funky Wisdom, A Practical Guide to Life, and is a host, a podcast host, just like myself, of the Funky Brain Podcast. Yeah, the Funky Brain Podcast. Freaking awesome. Anything with the word funky in it, I mean, does it get any better than that? I love it. Well, it came from years ago, early on in my recovery, sobriety, whatever you want to call it. uh, I used to talk. I used to go to uh, 12-step meetings a lot, and I would just talk. And just say stuff because I didn't. I I was so lost and confused and full of fear and insecurity and frustration and anger, just like everybody else. And I would just talk, and they were like, "Oh, Dennis has funky brain again." And so that's where that came from. And I was going to call my book "Funky Brain," but I like "Funky Wisdom" because it implies growth of some sort. And well, there's funky wisdom in your funky. Yeah, brain. and so but I love funky brain, so I called it the podcast, the funky brain podcast. And now actually we're even moving into like a funky brain business podcast too. So I like the funky. I'm all about, I'm the funky guy. I'm a groovy funky dude. Yeah. I, I dig it. I think it's catchy. I think it is, it is definitely something that catches someone's eye and, and would make them be lured into the to the goodness um, that I already feel those vibes and I felt it you know as soon as as soon as we connected and even just the way you communicate um, I think is incredible but Dennis tell tell me tell us your story so you know talk a little bit about your background and I you know I, I also want to just start with saying you know anybody who is tuning in that has faced addiction, 
at any point in their life um, or has a family member that has faced it. You know, um, it's this is this is something that that is serious. It's something that is difficult that people go through. I think it's very vulnerable that you're you're willing and open to share your story because I do think in that story and that learning, there's power, there's growth, and there's there's influence for good. So I just wanted to you know acknowledge that I understand the difficulty, and if you're if you're here and you're recovering, um, or you're you're still on that journey, you know. I definitely applaud anybody who has made that commitment to, you know, go on the journey, but tell us your story. Well, that was really well spoken and really true. And I love (laughs) the name of the podcast, the born unbreakable, because I, you know, I really think that we are, some of us just need a little more guidance and that's why, why I do what I do. And so to go, to give you the cliff notes version of my story, it really, it goes back to when I was five years old and I'm 50 now. So it goes back quite a bit. But it goes back when I was five years old and my grandmother said to my mother, he worries like a little old man. You know, so I was five years old and already full of the fear and the worry, the insecurity, the anxiety. Everything that all all other kids and a lot of adults are full of, except I never really learned any healthy ways to cope with that. So if you fast forward 10 years, I was 15 years old. I took that first drink, got stoned. And I was like, and it was just, and I was like, wow, I don't have to feel that way anymore. I don't have to feel anything anymore. So I went down that path for 15, 16 years. And it was, uh, and again, this is the uh, cliff notes, uh, five minute version of the whole story. Um, involving a lot of, uh, financial problems, health problems, relationship issues, complete destruction of my life. Uh, Whiskey, cocaine, cigarettes. I was stoned for 15 years. I created a life where I could just hide because I couldn't figure it out. And uh, what I've come to learn, you know, I got to this point when I was 31 years old where I finally lost my job that I was really proud of because I was a ski racer, ski bum kind of guy. And I lived in mountain towns. I transitioned everywhere. I became a chef because I needed to work to support my habits. And uh, I got to ski during the day and I got to work at night. But my whole life was set up to avoid. And I did that for a really long time. And at the end, I was able to move out of the mountains down to suburbia down out in uh, Denver, Colorado, and I where I stopped skiing. And I stopped doing any activity and I put on lots of weight and I kept drinking and I was just a mess for those last couple of years. And I got to this point where I I had a job I was proud of, but I couldn't stop drinking. And I eventually lost that job after a really gnarly uh, car accident where I almost died, where I rolled coming down the Rocky Mountains three times doing 75 miles an hour with blood coming out of my head. And I drank for six months after that. You would think that that would have caused... uh, me to stop. But I was in over 20 drunken car accidents over the course of my drinking career, including one where I drove into a house. So there's a reason I don't drink. I'm the real deal. I almost died hundreds of times. And who you see here today speaking, or if you're listening to me, uh, I am not the same person that I used to be. And that's why I do what I do is because anybody, if I could do it, anybody can. I think we're all born unbreakable, but some of us just need a little guidance along the way. And that's why I do what I do. But what happened was when I lost my job, it really hurt. And it was a sales job. It was my first real business adult kind of job. And so when I, they had to fire me, they gave me some back pay. I mean, I had like, you know, five or 10,000. I don't even remember. Uh, They gave me a few thousand dollars in back pay. And I went on a bender just trying to kill myself with drugs and alcohol. So that was March 27th, 2003. And for about 10 days, I just went crazy. And on April 8th, 2003, I woke up. Uh, I was in all my clothes for like five days. I peed my pants. I had a, I was 70 pounds overweight. I had a girlfriend at the time, which was amazing because I was really gross. And she came in and she's like, you know, this isn't going to work. And I just started crying and I said, I can't stop. And so she got on the online, which was an old internet uh, dial-up connection at the time, 
almost 20 years ago. Oh and she gosh. got me into, I remember that. Yeah, it was awful. Worse than drinking. Anyway, just kidding. Uh, so I got into a treatment facility a couple of days later, and uh, I've been sober since April 8th of 2003. And just because we stopped drinking doesn't mean that life goes perfect. Drinking wasn't the problem. The drugs weren't the problem. It's what I'm using to cope with the real problem, which is my thinking. It is my fear. It's my insecurity. It's my lack of coping skills to deal with the human condition that we all suffer from. We all want to be somebody. We all have fears and insecurities. We all feel a little less than sometimes, especially when we compare ourselves mm -hmm. to the people that aren't themselves on social media. And uh, which yeah. we should stop doing. Um, but we're so conditioned to do that. So when I can learn to become comfortable, which could take a little time because we've been conditioned to be uncomfortable. Uh, once I learn to become comfortable and realize that I'm okay and then learn new skills and tools along the way, then I don't need to drink. You know, people say things like, oh, can I just want to be able to drink like a normal person. I never wanted to drink like a normal person. I want to drink like a pig and not have any consequences. I want to be able to numb out and not have to face the world and not gain any weight, have financial problems, relationship problems, or health problems, right? I just want to numb out. And so uh, that's the real truth behind addiction. And so when we, we, we really need to just learn to see the world a different way. And once we do, the world unfolds a different way and we have a better experience. Yeah. What was your environment like when you were when you were in your addiction? So you're talking about between the age of 15 to 30, 31. right? Or 31. So 16 years of your life. What what kind of people did you have around you? What kind of things? How, how did people around you react to your addiction? You know, who? Did you did you get feedback at the time? Did you ignore the feedback? Like, I'm always curious about environment, how that that does or doesn't play a role in sustaining, supporting you. Um, you know, until there's this pivotal moment, like the day that you woke up and your girlfriend was like, "Okay, hi, this needs to not happen anymore." Like, what was that like for yeah, you? Yeah, excellent question. You know, this is all learned behavior. Uh, one of my controversial points of view, and which is fine, I don't care, but uh, a lot of people say uh, alcoholism is a disease. Uh, I don't believe that. I believe it's learned behavior. I believe that we're products of our environment, and I believe that we can live without it. And I, what I did was I surrounded myself with the types of people that would support my lifestyle. And we do that unknowingly whether you have an addiction or not. If you want to be, you know, we hear, we hear cliches and we see memes all the time. You want to be successful, surround yourself with successful people. You hang around with five millionaires, you're going to be the next millionaire. If you hang around with five stoners playing Xbox all day, you're going to get really good at Xbox. If you eat a bunch of crap every day, you're going to gain weight. And if you don't exercise. So, you know, we're products of our environment. So early on, I learned that if I wanted to be sober, I needed to surround myself with sober people. When I was stoned for 16 years straight, I'm not talking about like smoke a joint every now and then. I was stoned for 16 years straight. Uh, I surrounded myself with stoners that would support my habits and lifestyle. So we really need to remove ourselves from that lifestyle. And, you know, once we uh, start forming those types of relationships and build that type of environment around us, we realize we don't need to drink. So when you say, when you bring up environment, it's a very important uh, point to talk about because we are products of our environment and we can create a new environment. We have a choice and it doesn't matter if you live in the inner city or live in the mountains or on the beach, wherever you live. My mom used to tell me when I was stuck for years and she used to cry herself to sleep every night for 15 years. You know, she's like, you know, Dan, she goes, anywhere in the world you go, you can find somebody drinking. You know, so it's not about the place, it's the person. So what are you doing to change who you are? Nothing changes if nothing changes. 
So we need to change our play playmates and our play pounds. If we keep hanging around with the same people, we're going to get the same results. You know, I just threw out five cliches there. And the reason I do that is because we need to hear them over and over again because they're not, you're, they're not registering. And so yeah. what I did yeah. in my book was I put a different spin on a lot of the same old principles and just shared my life and my experience to let you know. You know, I did a lot of like really, you know, uh, I did unethical things. I did very promiscuous things. And I, I did a lot of things that I'm not necessarily proud of, but I'm also not ashamed of because it's my past and it doesn't define who I am. There's things that happen and I don't have to hide or be uh, feel guilty or ashamed of anything that I've done. And if I speak openly about it, maybe it'll help people that are going through that right now. And that's why I do that. Yeah. And well, and, and you talk about the human condition and that is the human yeah. condition. All of us walking in the world, trying to figure stuff out. And sometimes we don't have it figured out. And as we put ourselves in environments and around resources that can either, you know, help or hinder, that's going to dictate, you know, a lot directionally about where we choose to go. So I'm, I'm very curious about if, if you think of going back to 31 years old and that, that was you, you woke up and you made this decision to, to change your life. How difficult was the transition of going from a person that woke up every day and just had a festival of whatever it is that you want to, to going, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. How was that first when you think about that first year? Mm. Yeah. A festival of misery. <laughs> that was a interesting term that you uh, said festival. Um, another great question. Again, what we need to realize is we really need to get to this point, which took me about a year, a year and a half. It's interesting you threw out the year time frame. It took me about a year and a half to realize one day that it's not about not drinking. It's about growing up and looking the world in the eye and being honest and accountable and willing to make changes in your life. And that takes a little bit of time. And through that time, there's going to be frustration. And the reason most people fail in sobriety is because we don't change the way we think. and We don't change our actions and our ideas or surround ourselves with successful people. So what happens is we say, and this is what I'm sure you've experienced and seen, whether it's with friends, spouses, loved ones, whatever. I'm going to quit drinking today. I'm going to quit getting stoned today, whatever. I'm going to quit watching porn. You know, we always talk about addictions. We think drugs and alcohol, but drugs and alcohol are actually like five and six on the list. There's Starbucks, porn, watching eight hours of Netflix. These are all distractions. Our iPhones, these are all distractions. From gambling, yeah, gambling. These are all distractions from living, right? Addiction is like a dirty word that people throw mm -hmm. out there that everybody's afraid of. But drugs and alcohol are way down on the list nowadays. But uh, uh, when mm -hmm. we realize that the distractions are keeping us from living, then we can start to eliminate some of the distractions. Um, but that first year was difficult. And people say, I'm going to stop drinking today. And then they do the same things. And then two days later, life kicks you in the balls because that's what life does or in the gut for you. And uh, life does that. And we say, I don't know how to handle that. So I go right to my conditioned response, which is drinking or getting stoned or watching porn or gambling or doing something to not have to feel those feelings. That's what's really going on here. And when you really start to understand that and that, you know, you listen to somebody like me or thousands of other people that say the same things. If you don't connect with me, find somebody you connect with and ask for help. That, that's it. If you keep going down the same road, trying to figure it out yourself, you're going to continue to stay stuck or even backtrack. It doesn't get worse, uh, better. It gets worse. So uh, if you follow me on social media or anywhere, what I say is all the time is I talk about motivation, inspiration, success, business, all types of things. And what I say is, if you don't know how to get there, ask for help. Asking for help is a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness. It says, I don't understand how to get there. So I would rather ask for help and get there in five minutes instead of 
than wasting the next 10 or 20 years of my life trying to figure it out on my own. So that's what the first year, the reason I do what I do is to knock off that first year. If I could pull somebody through and just say, look, here's what's really going on. You don't have to bang your head against the wall anymore. You don't have to ruin any more relationships or your health, or you don't have to ruin your finances anymore. I'm going to show you a couple of things that are going to give you a shift in your mindset and radically change your life now, or maybe in a month from now, things will start to make sense, but it's way better than 15 years. Yeah, that's it. I mean, and it's, it's incredible that you, I mean, that you are here to tell about it. When you say that you've almost died, you know, over a dozen times because of, of the everything that you've been through, it's, it's a miracle. So, you know, it's so funny you brought that up. And this is not funny. It's actually sad and tragic. My sisters, I stopped drinking. It was uh, six months after my sister's wedding. So they have their 20-year anniversary coming up. I have my 20-year sobriety coming up on April 8th. Their 20-year anniversary, wedding anniversary, is in less than two weeks, right? September 13th or something like that. So we were talking about it. It was a wedding on a beach in New Jersey, because that's where we originally grew up. And people flew there from all over. And the, the week before was a disgusting, treacherous mess of partying and drugs and alcohol. And four people that were in either in the wedding or in their that party that week are dead from drugs and alcohol and one one of them's paralyzed and has been for like uh i want to say 17 or 18 years and all from drugs and alcohol these people uh were in that clan that we were part of so this is very serious these aren't, this isn't Dennis dramatizing things to sound good on a radio show. This was my life. That's where I was headed. Yeah. And people are dead. They're not here to celebrate. And young. They all, I'm, the most recent one was maybe uh, last year. So he was like 47. A lot of them were in their 30s. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So barely is, lived. I mean, very you know. serious. You know, it's a life and death situation. And when you say I died a dozen times, I almost died hundreds of times, hundreds of times. Yeah. You know, they said in rehab to write down how many times we think we drove drunk. And I think it was about 3000 times. And I'm not talking like I had an extra beer at happy hour. I'm talking about like close one eye to stay on the road drunk. Sure. And it's well, and it's amazing. And I'm sure just, you know, you saying that, I have to imagine that it's amazing you're here, but then also that, I mean, was it, was there ever a time that you hurt someone else like in an accident or something? Another great question. So I am incredibly blessed and fortunate. So I did once hurt somebody who was in my car. We rolled, uh, but no, I never hurt, killed or killed anybody else. I should have been in jail. Now, I lived in a very rural area in Northeast Vermont for a long time, for most of this, uh, my drinking career. And I was lucky enough to be able to be removed from society. And it was a long time ago. Whereas nowadays, like when I drove into that house, I ran away. When I rolled my, I used to roll my truck and then I lived in a very rural area. We would roll it back over because this would be like one, two o'clock in the morning. And then I would just drive it home and put it in the garage. And I would wake up with dry blood on my head going, huh, what happened last night? And try to piece it back together. So my life is wow. very different wow. than it once was. And so I'm a, yeah. I'm a yeah. living miracle. And I want to help other people who are suffering. And maybe you don't have to uh, have lived the same, you know, treacherous sad story that i have maybe your things just aren't going well there's also an area called the gray area for people that aren't sure if they drink a little too much maybe they go to happy hour a little too much maybe they get stoned a little too much and they're not sure but life is okay they're not yet in in debt or bankrupt the relationship's okay and they just want to improve their life 
there's always room for improvement, but you can also always slide backwards into that pit when things start getting uncomfortable if you don't have healthy coping skills. Yeah, that's that is so true. You know, you mentioned relationships and finances a couple times. I know that is the greatest impact that happens right in in an addiction is in the impact of people around you and um, your financial situation. What you know, when you think about going into your sobriety, were there relationships that you had to heal and mend as you were going through your process? What, what was that like when you have this epiphany of, oh, I've been doing relationships like this, and now I have, you have more clarity because you're, you're, con you're, you're in reality and not in the alternative sort of space that you get into when you're influenced, under the influence of something. What, what was the relationship journey for you like as you gained your sobriety? Yeah, beautiful question. To start with, we always have, it's kind of a, a joke, but not really. But it's always the two biggest things, stressors in life, finance and romance. Those are the two big ones. And they drive us to all those other distractions we've been talking about. But it's really important yeah. to remember, and I will dive into relationships in a second, because it is the hardest thing to do uh, on the planet is to have a relationship. Uh, and a relationship with ourselves even, right? But it's important to remember that it's 100 miles into the woods and it's 100 miles back out. There's a lot of reparation. We've We've hurt people we've hurt ourselves we've hurt our finances our health it takes a little bit of time to repair that we don't like that another part of the human condition we're impatient patience and i was also taught we don't want to pray for patience because god whatever god is will give you something to be patient about i'll put you in a body cast for six months and be like there you go now practice patience but relationships I work with a lot of couples. I do a lot of relationship coaching. And what we do is we always work separately, never together. That old uh, marriage counseling, relationship counseling therapy system where the three of you sit there in the room together never works. It never has. It works maybe for 5% of the people. What you have is somebody wants to be there more than the other one. Somebody's angry or somebody's trying to hold on more. and somebody talks more, whatever. And usually when you go, you go in a time of crisis, you're going to break up and everything's a mess. And crisis, crises, crises tend to pass, you know, some of the power. So during the time you go, which is sometime usually between a month or two, you go to the therapist because it gets expensive. And also because you learn a couple coping skills to get through. And then you're like, all right, maybe we don't need this. Then you go have sex for a, a couple of days and everything seems okay. And then you go right back to your old behaviors. And, you, and in a week, you're right back where you were. So the only way it works is when you work separately, both of you on yourselves and improve yourselves and you bring your improved selves back into the relationship. It's the only way it works. It doesn't work any other way. That being said, if you have one person that's really broken, and one person that isn't sure how things are going or whatever, it's really, it takes time and you both need to work on it. The other thing that causes a lot of problems is that people stop drinking. They don't want to be alone. So they grab onto somebody and say, I'm going to be in a relationship. Somebody can help me get through this or somebody can complete me. Tom Cruise had that all wrong and Jerry Maguire, you complete me. It was a nice oh. sentiment, oh. but you can't have anybody complete you. You need to be complete. When you have two complete people that come together to share their lives, then you have a good relationship. When you have two empty people that meet on Tinder or wherever you meet that are both lonely and uh, codependent people trying to fill the void, then that's how your relationship goes, right? And you're never filling the void because there's always a new void. So relationships are astonishingly difficult when you're sober happy and healthy. So when you're not, and they're struggling, relationships get really difficult. So uh, to answer your question, uh, that was a long answer. 
we always say we don't want to jump into a relationship for a while. You know, I used to throw out the one year mark, but it takes a little time to really learn how to be comfortable with yourself, how to communicate properly, when to walk away, when to let things sit, when to uh, take care of yourself, how to establish healthy boundaries, you know, how to not be so sensitive to criticism, which is hard as an addict alcoholic. That's one of our biggest uh, problems is we're very sensitive, you know, so we react emotionally to situations rather than respond intelligently. So these are all the kinds of tools we need to learn in order to improve our relationships. And then finances, you know, have to improve in time as well. We can't fix everything at once. And in fact, am I talking too much? Sorry. I, I, no, I, I really it. get passionate about all this stuff is, uh, you know, a lot of our problems and by a lot most, and especially in 2022, everybody's like that poor kid has ADD. We all have ADD. It's 2022. There's everything, all the distractions we were just talking about, Starbucks, uh, Chick-fil-A at two in the afternoon in between meals. Am I hungry or am I bored? You know, there's our get out of yeah, social yeah. media, politics, all this uh, distractions going on and we never stay focused. So really the secret for success, whether it's relationships, uh, financial success, sobriety, is to really focus on one thing at a time. The example I like to use is New Year's resolutions. Every year we're like, oh, I'm going to stop drinking, write a book, start a business, fix my relationship, build a house, all these things. And in five days, it used to last until like February. Now it's like five days. Everybody's like, I'm overwhelmed, so I'm going to get drunk and eat a cake. Right. And then so next year, <laughs> you have the same five New Year's resolutions. A whole year just went by. So the only way to really get anything done and really improve your life at a high level is to do one thing at a time. And it's called the one thing. And we work on that one thing. And then we create specific action steps to take on a daily, weekly, monthly basis and get that one thing done. And then you move to the next one thing. There's always a new one thing. But we can't work on five big goals at the same time or we don't get anything done. If we try all five, we get none done. You know, an example you or your listeners might understand is like hashtags because I do business and marketing. Everybody's like they put hashtag love in their social media thing, but <laughs> nobody sees it unless you're Kardashian or Jennifer Aniston or whoever the cool person is nowadays and writes hashtag love and has, you know, a hundred million followers, they get seen. But if you yeah. want to be seen, you have to write hashtag. I love you in Cleveland, Ohio. There might only be like 10 people who do that and all 10 of them are going to see it. Do you, so do you want to be seen by zero out of a billion or do you want to be seen out of 10 out of 10? Right. So it's the same mm -hmm. thing with your uh, big goals that you're trying to achieve in life? Are you, do you want to try to achieve five big goals and get none done? Or do you want to try to achieve one at a time and crush it and radically change your life? That's how all this works. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's a book that um, in ma my mastermind that we read, um, I think we did it last year and it was the one thing, <laughs> you know, and it, and it, and it, and it talks about, you know, waking up and spending hours on that one thing, because that is how you, and you, you're, you're devoted. There's a difference between devotion and optionality because you're basically, you know, you can only do so many things at once. You're just, something's going to be optional that day and not mandatory because there's just too many things to choose from to your point. But I, I love what you said um, in, 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 the, in the relationship journey um, because I think this applies to everyone, right? Like we're talking about the journey of uh, addict to recovery and sobriety. But when you talked about that, taking that time with yourself to get to know you and about you and your tendencies and how you communicate, basically how you show up in the world. I, you know, we, we run away from the one person that we should be spending the most time with and that's ourselves, right? Because it's, it's, it's either other people 
that you gravitate towards because there's the, you know, um, like you said, comparison or just, you know, you're, you're wanting to get influenced by others. And then you don't have to think for yourself because you could kind of just kind of do what everyone else is doing. And then there's just the externalities. And those are the distractions that you're talking about. But it's, it's incredible what it looks like in our journey of growth and evolution and change, because I do believe that's constant. I don't think that we should be the same person when we're 20 to 30 to 40. Like, that's no fun. <laughs> you know, we're on a journey to be a better version of ourselves as we progress each day, each hour, each month. And and that's, that's something I, I definitely want to emphasize from what you said, because we we should all be focused on the relationship with ourselves more than anything. And that is going to be a foundation for how we show up in relationships with other people. Yeah. I would love to expand on this for a second. Yeah. There's so much going on here and we really need to take a look. And by we, I mean, every, all 8 billion of us, right. Need to really take a look at emotional, regulation, at our emotional development, at our ability to cope in the world today. We were never supposed to live this long. We were never supposed to live to be 90 or 100 years old. It wasn't supposed to be like that. What happened over the last whatever, 50 years or whatever, is we actually found what we've been looking for for thousands of years that they made movies out of called The Fountain of Youth. You know, I I was watching, it was three years ago, I was at the gym and they had on the TV, like random trivia, you know, trivia facts that people you can look at while you're working out. And one of them said in 1907, and I remember the date because that was the year my grandmother was born, 1907, the average life expectancy was 47 years old. And I was 47 when I read this, right? So this was three years ago. And uh, now we live to 90 or 100 years old. So because, you know, and all of our life is set up, whether it's school or whatever uh, is going on in the world, was set up on a system that was designed 100 or 200 years ago, right? Uh, but mm-hmm. the world is different now. Now, what happened when you used to die, and a lot of people died at 30, a lot of women died during childbirth in their 20s. They didn't even make it out of their 20s or 30s. When we see like Mozart and all these famous composers and people, uh, authors and people from the 16th, 17th, 18th century, they never hit 30, a lot of them. So now that we live so long, we live through traumatic, traumatic situations in our lives, like multiple divorces, health problems, watching people, families, family members die. And we don't process any of it. And it builds on top of itself. When you died, when you were 30 or 40, it was like, you can cope with it for a couple of years. Maybe you drink too much. And then, but that's all right. At 40, you're done. That's it. But if you're going to live to 80 or 90 and not process these things in a healthy way and learn how to cope and not carry broken relationships into new relationships, you're going to continue to suffer and not enjoy the next 30, 40, 50, 60 years of your life. Does that make sense? Well, and then can you imagine, and it just occurred to me when you're when you're talking about 90 and 100, if you don't do this work that you and I are talking about on the self and everything, can you imagine not liking yourself for that long? I mean, that's a long time. That's too, that's too much. You, you know, so if it's... It, to me, it's imperative if anybody who's listening, you know, has any doubt in their mind that's that says, you know, I have not spent the time with myself. I, I have a lot of questions that I haven't answered, you know, and we do this and, and we, we live in a society, too, where we're so focused. And, and I've been reflecting on this a lot because I'm working on a book and you've worked on a book. So I think, you know, this that journey of doing so, you you pontificate a lot because you're putting something out there into the world and one of my you know thoughts was was just around that um how just time being so short i mean as much as we we live to the 90 and 100 it's like it goes by so fast and there isn't time to waste so if we're going to be here 
you know, we're losing time right now. Just you and I talking minutes, seconds are going by, minutes are going by. And, you know, and, and then before we know it, we're going to be like, it's 2023 and oh my gosh. So, you know, it's the time is now. The time is now and you know the blessing that we've been given and it's 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 kind of the blessing and the curse because as much as there's the distractions that you were talking about oh like this internet and social media and all this stuff we can also use it to our advantage because we have information and access to resources unlike ever before at our fingertips and Honestly, so much of it is free. Listening to this podcast right now is free. This information that's being provided, that's being gifted, I would say gifted, you know, because there's wisdom here. There's something to learn from. This is a commitment that you and I are making because we care about helping people. This is free. Like this, I wasn't listening to this stuff when I was growing up. I wish I was, but that just wasn't the thing. You know, you were, you were doing the old school with the books and that's still great today. But now the speed and the acceleration by which you can grow is that much faster. You can open a book. You can listen to a book. You can listen to a podcast. You could watch YouTube. I mean, it's endless. And so that's one of the reasons too. I feel like there's not an excuse to not do the work. Mm, yeah. You well, know? and then the, the distractions, you know, the, the thing is like, uh, it is the information is available. Uh, half of it is crap. So you really need to be able to discern. And I love that word discern is the ability to see what's actually occurring or what's actually going on versus what's made up or what's bullshit or what, what my brain is telling me. Uh, the bill, if you can have a clear mind and really weed out the crap and find some good, useful information and then focus on it and get it done because there are, uh, you know, Oh, are you on Facebook? No, I'm on snap and Instagram and TikTok. Well, I mean, even if you're just kind of like social media, you can't do three, right? Really? We want to focus on one thing at a time. If you find something relevant, like uh working with a coach reading a a blog listening to a book or a podcast just do that try that try not listening to a podcast while you're driving or working out or doing all these things that you need to focus on in different angles sit down this is where meditation comes in extreme focus laser focus you know sometimes do that if you want to work out and listen to your podcast do that if you want to drive and listen to a book do that those are great things to practice too but if you find something that you really that really connects with you, that you connect with, dive into it wholeheartedly and turn everything else up. Turn the notifications on your phone off. You don't need it. We think we need all these things because everything we do is a path from marketing, right? So it's like if you're watching, it goes, do you want to talk about this? This is another one of my favorite topics. Marketing, right? We are victims of marketing. On every level, everything we do from the time we wake up to go to sleep is a path of marketing. So like if we watch, you know, everybody watches politics. I don't. If you're doing that, you just stop watching politics. Anyway, if you're watching CNN, you're a liberal. If you're watching Fox News, you're a conservative. So you're watching these shows. They know who you are. They do. They have companies that tell you who exactly you are watching that show. So they put up a story, which is a story. It's not the news. We used to report the news. There used to be the five o'clock and the six o'clock news. So mm -hmm. you come home, you watch the five o'clock news. The facts. Yeah, you watch five o'clock news for a half an hour. You have dinner, you talk about your day. Now, then they came out with CNN 30 years ago or whatever. And so to have 24 hours of news. But here's the thing. There's not 24 hours of news. So they make shows, right? And so you watch these shows that are full of drama. And then they put panic into you and fear or anger or insecurity or whatever the feeling is. And then right at that moment, they break to a commercial with a product that's going to help you solve that problem, whether it's Xanax or uh, buying a new car or eating Doritos or going to McDonald's, right? So it's a whole path. Everything that we do is a path of marketing. So if we can shut off the noise and the path of marketing and focus on self-improvement, I'm focused on how to really dial in my diet. I'm focused on emotional regulation. 
how is it? I, so how, what can I do so I don't get overwhelmed and have to go grab a bottle of whiskey or get stoned or watch uh, numb out for eight hours of Netflix every now and then numb out, watch some Netflix. That's fine. But if you're doing that four days a week, instead of, you know, getting a job or improving your circumstances, like getting a new job or starting your business or doing what you really want to do that you don't know how to do. And instead of researching how to do and figuring it out and learning something new, you're watching eight hours of Netflix. That's a distraction. That's an addiction in itself. So well, and that, and that, that is a big thing. I, I love that you mentioned that is, is paying attention, right? So self-awareness is, is such a big thing. I, I, and, and this is why I love self-development because you uncover things constantly. When I had read the book or listened to the book rather, Everything is Figure Outable by Marie Forleo, she had talked about, you know, this exercise of writing everything down that you know that you do and there's a lot of different folks that that do this and and you do this for at least a week and you know okay so oh, I eat breakfast is oh this is what I do. and be honest with yourself not like what you want you wish you were doing what you're actually doing when you go and reflect on that i mean just like your screen time right that actually measures it for you but the rest of our life is measured like that but it technology is measuring quite a bit like oh well how much did you exercise how much did you sleep how much screen time did you have so there's there's actual measurements that we're getting from our devices these days but if you even if you do it the old school way i mean that is an honest look at how you're how you're spending your time and if you are spending a substantial amount of time doing netflix and hanging out and do this other stuff there's probably a shift that could be made <laughs> you know in in the direction of investing in yourself and some other things but you know to your point it's there's there is a there is a balance there it's not saying oh, have no fun don't do anything fun it's you know if everything is a stream of drinking and Netflix and all these things, then that it's probably skewed. Yeah, you know, the problem, you're, and this is a, a great way to look at it for people that are not understanding that are, might be listening to this. The problem is not sugar. It's not weed. It's not alcohol. It's not any of these things. It's not Netflix. It's not McDonald's. None of these are the problem. The problem is excess. Excess is always the problem. Facebook's not the problem. The president's not the problem. The problem is excess. We're focusing on the wrong shit for too long. And I love what you said about writing. Writing should be integral to everything you do. You know, I... Uh, if you don't want to write down everything you're thinking and doing all day, just put it on your calendar. Everybody has Google Calendar. You know, put it on your account. What did you, so I have everybody and my clients, uh, especially the people that are unorganized, disorganized, write down your schedule for the week, right? At the end of each day, go back and write down what you actually did. It's not, you don't have to like reflect too much. The day's not that long. So say, so what did I actually do today? And then when we get to Friday or Saturday, you know, after in the beginning of the week, we want to write our goals down for the week, right? Not just your schedule, your goal. All right. Well, I want to get two sales. I want to talk to 50 people. I want to do this or that. And if Friday or Saturday comes and we didn't achieve those goals, let's go back and look at Monday through Friday. And what was I doing? This is easily trackable stuff. The reason that you and I have jobs as coaches in the world of psychology is because this is all predictable human behavior mm -hmm. with predictable results. There's predictable solutions with predictable results if you're willing to do the work. In my book, I have a principle that I call the how approach to life. And it's people say, Dennis, how do I get sober? How do I lose 30 pounds? How do I write a book? How do I start a business? How do I fix my relationship? And the answer is in the question, how, H-O-W. And it stands for honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. When I become honest and say things aren't going well, I want to make changes, then I can do something because you can't fix a problem you can't admit exists. And once I become honest, I become open to looking at a new way of doing things or a new way of living. And then I become willing 
to apply those things into my life to make changes. And that's how change happens. Dennis, that is money. Okay. I love this. See, because our, our little devices where people are listening to this, there's that back button. I use this on occasion. You could go back 10 seconds or 15 seconds or whatever the thing says. Do that a couple times because that is so awesome. I love that the practicality of that. And it's so true. It's so true. That is amazing. And, you know, and, and the reason, and I tell people, new clients, this because people are smart people. You know, when they come to a coach, it's not like they're they're not capable of doing it themselves, right? They just want they want that acceleration that we're talking about. If you want to take that year off, or you want to, you know, you 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 get a coach for your two, in my assessment, you know, predominant reasons: organization and accountability. Because you need to organize your shit, which, like you said, there's a lot of chaos, and you know, we're all victim to it. Even people who do this type of thing for a living, you know, we need to get our stuff in order every now and then, and 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 you know, try different things because sometimes you know, um, you 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 need to do that. You need to change things up, and accountability. It's like <laughs> sometimes you you tell yourself, "Yeah, I'm going to do this," and it's just easy to to let yourself down and say, yeah, tomorrow's, eh, tomorrow's fine. Ah, next weekend, next month, you have a coach, they're going to ask you if you got it done. They're going to be there to say, how did that go? How do you feel about that? What were your results? Oh, you didn't do that. Why didn't you do that? I mean, you know, so that's, that's really what it comes down to. That human condition, we're conditioned to repeat our patterns. Yeah. It's not easy. Well, we were- Change Wait, and we live in a microwave world. Everybody wants everything done for them and fast, you know. And, and yeah, and now it's instant gratification. Instant you order, you push the button. You could get your order today. Yeah. There, you know, when you have the option when you're ordering something. Well, besides food, I'm talking about like you know a product or something. It's like you can weed out. There's all the little buttons you could push to be like, uh, yeah, I want same day delivery. Um, oh, I'll pay a little extra because I actually want it out between one and three instead of you know six to nine. I mean, you literally can have what you want now, and that's the reason why you know we have this psychological process that goes on because there is more of this world of instantaneous and to your earlier point when we first started patience is just not something that we can appreciate oftentimes it's like ugh, waiting uh it's just not i don't want to wait i want to know well that <laughs> right? what we see on instagram or wherever you're uh spending all your time is we see successful people you know, right uh, or at least mm-hmm. appearingly so. Uh, but the truth is, when you see whoever your success hero is, uh, Oprah, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, whoever your success hero is, those people have been working for decades, right? And they've endured failures, rejection, heartache, people dying around them, all kinds of the human condition we've been talking about. And the way that you see them now is not how they started. Jeff Bezos, Amazon started as a used bookstore in his garage. That's how Amazon started. Now they own uh, towns that host servers for Facebook. And now he owns Whole Foods, right? And a space program. I mean, so it started as a used bookstore where people sold their used books. He didn't even have any products or services. So uh, how how we see people is not how they started. And people don't realize that, that we have to start somewhere and it takes time to get where we wanna go, whether it's weight loss or uh, sobriety, successful relationships, communication skills, you know, a six or seven figure job, whatever it is. I wanna make a million a year. That's great. How much do you make now? Well, I make like 30,000. So you're not qualified right now to make a million. What if next year we can get you to 60? Then we doubled your income, change your circumstances. We'll keep the millionaire. That's Mm -hmm. an umbrella goal. But let's start working on improving your life and make it so you're uh, capable of making a million dollars a year and handling it. Yeah, and handling it. And that's the thing. And I, and I, I have these conversations with people all the time is like, Oh man, if I just did, if I just knew this, then that would happen at this time. And I'm five years behind or, you know, people are constantly in this thing of like, oh, I'm behind. You're right where you need to be. You're right where you need to be because you guess what? Five years ago, you probably weren't ready for that. 
You weren't ready for that. And it's hard for ourselves because of our pride and because of our ego to admit that there's certain times that we're not ready for certain things. And that's, it's just, it's your maturity. It's your experience. It's your preparedness. It's your ability. It's your, who you surround yourself with. It's your leverage. I mean, there's so, and all of that positioning is going to take time, just like you said. So it's not going to be overnight. It's consistency. It's diligence. It's fortitude. It's grit. I mean, those are the things. And that's, that's why you're, you know, this, self-development is is forever it doesn't end it's not it's not like you know the same thing as okay you went to college and it was over in two years four years six years ten years it's this is life this is school for life and i think once once we recognize that there isn't you know this is an eternal process until we go to whatever the next thing is you believe in that you're going to go to then i think that's where you can make peace with the fact that you're never going to always know anything. So just keep learning and you're going to know a little more and be able to apply a little more than you did yesterday, yeah. you know. But Dennis, I want to shift into a couple questions that will, will let people get to know you a little better. And the first one that I have for you is what makes you unbreakable? <laughs> yeah, because I'm here. That's what makes me unbreakable. You know, you heard my story, my sad, painful, awful story, um, which I talk about openly just so people know that uh, if I'm here, whatever you're going through, you can be here too in five years, 10 years, 20 years, 60 years that we all can. So, I mean, that's what makes me unbreakable. You know, I'm going through a tough time now and I have a coach. I have like five mentors and coaches that I talk to on a weekly basis, long conversation, long, deep, um, intelligent conversations. And I write, I read, I exercise, I drink lots of water. I don't eat too much sugar. And that, you know, when I take a very holistic approach, both to my coaching and also my life, holistic is a big buzzword that gets thrown around. All it means, it doesn't mean it's spiritual. It doesn't mean anything. Holistic comes from an old English word with the root of whole, H-O-L, meaning whole. That's it. Now, we spell it W-H-O-L-E in the world of English, but all it means is whole. It means if I want to stop drinking and, and be happy and have a successful life or business or whatever, it's like I watch what I eat, I drink lots of water, I exercise regularly, I talk to people, I expand my knowledge, I read, I write, and I meditate. When I do those things, my life improves. And I become unbreakable. Yes, I love it. Okay, what's something that is on your bucket list? You know, my life is incredible. If you saw my life right now, you would be, uh, you would be amazed. But uh, what is my bucket list? I don't know. I I mean, I'm I'm incredibly blessed. My my bucket list is just to be content when I die. You know, it's to be peaceful and happy. I live, I live on a remote Island in the middle of the South Pacific. I swim with sharks and stingrays every day. I go hike up volcanic mountains. I, my life is full and complete and I don't need or want for anything. I'm very content in my life. You know, my bucket list, I I just want to be healthy for the next 50 years. My first 50 were, it's quite a story. So, yeah, absolutely. I I can I can get down with that. That is amazing. Okay, what is a self-limiting belief you've had to overcome? Yeah, that's a daily that's a daily process. You know. Yeah. It's always the same. You know, uh, I I'm not deserving. I'm not good enough. But again, you know, we all have these limiting beliefs that we have to navigate through on a daily basis. And we do it with that holistic approach I just talked about. I wake up, I go, you know, I have some imposter syndrome. I have some, uh, I'm not worthy, or I have some insecurity, or I have some fears. Every day I have limiting beliefs. And every day I redirect my thinking, my thinking, to uh realize that that's all just bullshit 
you know these mm-hmm. are thoughts not realities yes yes absolutely okay what about a superpower what's a superpower that you have something that you're proud of uh, my ability to listen yeah now during this i was talking a lot but for the most part in my coaching i listen yes i i know i know that's true it is it is a very important skill for sure in in coaching okay if you had to give one last piece of advice to anyone listening what would it be don't ever lose your sense of wonder continue to learn ask for help those are all related to each other i get asked that question on shows radio shows tv all all the time I had a kid ask me like 10 years ago or so, Dennis, if you can have one piece of advice for a kid starting out, he was like early 20s, just had a kid, what would it be? And I say, continue to ask for help. It's like when I think I know the rules, the rules change. And that's where fear comes from. That's where stress comes from. It's usually because the world changed and I didn't change along with it. So I need to ask for help. You know. Uh, we live with Google Maps and Waze and all these things. There was a time, and it wasn't that long ago, we didn't have all that shit. Oh, oh. So, I had did what I had MapQuest. I'd look at the odometer and go, okay, it's about to hit three. Okay, I think I'm going to make a right here. It's a landmark. I mean, it was just, it's so, it seems archaic thinking about these things. I mean, imagine even way before our time. Anyhow. Yeah, so stop and ask for directions. Ask for help. And you'll get there sooner instead of banging your head against the wall, feeling like a failure and turning to distractions and wasting another 10 years of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Dennis, how can people find you? How can they connect with you so they can get, you know, all the things that we were talking about, obviously your book, your podcast, and how can they they get to you? The very best way is always, I'm very active on LinkedIn because that's my professional network, but but the very best way is to reach out at my website, dennisberry.com. You could buy my book. You can schedule a free session with me. I have a, a life mastery school by Dennis Berry where I have uh videos in there, whole sections. There's like a hundred videos right now. Uh, there's a section on uh, addiction recovery. There's one on love and relationships. There's one on health and wellness and one on mindfulness and meditation. So go check those out. They're currently free. And uh, yeah, I would love to talk to you. And I love talking with you. You're amazing. Thank you so much. This has been an honor, a pleasure. I've learned from you. You have made my day with your energy and your wisdom. And I just know that anyone that has tuned in, that you've done the same for them. And that's truly a gift. And I just appreciate so much you being here. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Des. I love you. You're amazing. And I look forward to next time. Awesome. Dennis Berry. What an incredible story talk about fortitude and durability oh my gosh to spend 16 years basically does you know he described being on benders and just living on the edge for so long that's pretty terrifying and the fact that he survived and pivoted dramatically we're talking about just a full-on pivot to become a completely different person, a better version than who he was. You know, he he just really got himself sucked in. And if you if you're listening, and this is something that you've struggled with, um, or know somebody who has, it's it's clearly it's not easy. But what he explains is that it does take that commitment. It's a commitment. It's a conscious decision. It's intentionality. And, and it does start with the environment that you're in. And that's why it's so important to go through that process of inner work, rehabilitation, and consistent new behavior sobriety, I can only imagine, 
is challenging at first, just like he described, but wow, how powerful it is to see yourself truly go through a transformation. It's just so remarkable. What a wise man, wise. And I love his acronym, how. Honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. That is fantastic. I hope that you really enjoyed today's episode with Dennis uh, and absolutely reach out to him. If you're someone who needs support right now and he can be of service, I highly encourage you to do that. Uh, All the information is in the show notes, so you could just go there and click on his website to learn more and connect with him and get access to his resources like the podcast and book that he does. I appreciate you for being here, for taking time out of your day to choose this podcast to listen to. I'm grateful for the journey that we're on together, growing uh, in community and uh, there's nothing more beautiful than that is continuous growth and, and doing it uh, in community. So remember, you are your only limit. So take action today and I will see you next time for another inspiring episode of the Born Unbreakable podcast.